Hello and welcome to the Deep State Consciousness Podcast. Today I'm joined by Barnaby Adams. Barnaby is a graphic designer by trade with also an interest in and pursuit of spirituality. And as a marriage of those two, he's created something called Conscious Branding, which he's going to tell us about. Hello, Barnaby. Good evening. Hello, Rich. <laughs> so uh, before we get to this topic of Conscious Branding, which is something I know very little about, um, so I'm, I'm up for the education. But ha what, what started you off as a graphic designer? Is that something you've always done? Oh, um, okay. So the honest answer to that is that I'm not particularly academic, but went to a very academic school. And the only way I could make sense of really complex information was to lay it out visually. Um, and so it's a, it's a rather sad story, really. But <laughs> me doing homework involved me like laying stuff out in a way I could make sense of it. Once I became an adult, other people kind of clearly saw some value in what I was doing. And that escalated into a whole career of, of trying to make sense of complex things in visual ways. Um, that, right. Yeah. Right. Because I mean, that's the one thing I do know about your work is Barnaby is very good at making things look good. And if, if anyone's watching this on YouTube as opposed to the audio, you might just notice that the room behind Barnaby just kind of looks good. It looks like things are in proportion and the colors contrast well. You know, it's like, and that's what my experience of, of Barnaby's work, he can take images and, and yeah, they always just look good in a way that you can't put your finger on it. Why does that look good? And if I did it, kind of the same thing, it wouldn't. And, and Barn can explain that sometimes, but that's, that's my observation of it. So, okay. So <laughs> take us into conscious branding a bit. Uh, and you might want to mention how the spiritual thing kind of opened up for you in that and, and married with this, this graphic design work. Yeah. Okay. So let's go with the story. I think of my little story. Yeah. So I went to university. I learned to be a graphic designer. A uh, whole section of that really of my degree was around um, branding. And when I was at university, so we're going back kind of almost 20 years, um, it was clear that the lecturers didn't really understand branding very well. They couldn't answer my questions. And, you know, so some sort of alarm bells rang. Um, later, when I worked in the commercial world as a designer, I was working in um, very much in, a, in a, a corporate kind of position. It became very clear that, like, directors of huge companies didn't really understand what branding was. And of course, nobody said that. Everyone kind of played the game of, of nodding and smiling and saying things that sounded right. But it became clear that people, it's like, oh, they, they don't know what they're talking about. And I did a whole section where I worked as a freelancer. So I was going in and out of design agencies and, and the like. And it was clear that my peers didn't really understand what branding was. And you know, the more honest I got with myself, the more I realized I didn't know what Brandon was either. Um, and that we were all winging it and everyone was telling a certain story. And the more I analyzed what I was saying, the less true it was. You know, I, I, any, any definition, for example, would fall apart under the, the tiniest amount of pressure. 
Okay, so can you, can you give an example of that? Like what kind of things would you say or other people say when, if I, okay, Barnaby, what is branding? Or not what you would say now, but back then, what kind of things would you yeah, say that well, didn't work for you? I, I think commonly um, people will get lost in, you know, the, the typical one, and maybe this is just because I'm a designer and so they they think, oh, designer, I'll go in this direction. People think of, you know, like a logo is the brand. Yeah. Um, that, that's a very common mistake, really. Okay. And of Probably course, what would uh, to me, actually. Yeah. 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 Language has evolved. Um, what they're thinking of is a brand mark. It's not a brand. Right. Um, so that's kind of one, one area. And then the more I started to explore, yeah, that's where I started. That's, that's where the language takes us. That's, that's where it's come from. But the more you start to look, people, where people tend to end up, what's typical is you end up talking about values. And when you start asking someone about their brand, what they do is give you this bit of paper with like a, a list of some fairly random values on it. And that's their brand. And it's like, uh, okay. Um, <laughs> there's a place for values in, in the world. I, I think fantastic, very interesting. That's not your brand. Um, so yeah they're they're kind of classics um well i mean what i've found in my professional life you know, since i've been running my own business over the last 10 years is it's where i always start with people it's like how do you define a brand and and most people cannot do it um they, they start you kind of see people confidently start and then start to stammer a bit and go oh and then they look to me and go is that right um and, and when you're sitting down with directors of huge companies that's quite interesting Okay, so if it's not what I would have perhaps said, the, the brand image, and if it's not some sort of deeper sense of values that you can write down in the list, how, how did you come to define brand? Yeah, so this took a long time. I've, I've gone through many renditions of this, but there are two definitions that I think are very useful, and, and perhaps they're a bit vague, but, but they allow me to go somewhere. So my definition now for the word brand is that a brand is an idea and it's an idea in the mind of the individual and it's an idea about what something or who someone is. In contrast, brand in is anything and everything that informs that idea. Okay. So as an idea, a brand exists in the imagination whilst brand in that exists in sensation. Hmm. So, Branding is anything or a piece of branding is anything that you can see or hear or touch or taste or smell. So okay. what we're doing right now, you know, what I'm doing, you, you refer to the room. The yeah. room through this video screen becomes a piece of branding. And, and, and why does it look good? Because I thought it through and the shirt matches the, the, and the, the, and the, you know, it's, 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 and the, you know, you go to the website, it all matches, you know, it's, it's, um, that's, that's the game. <laughs> But then there's a deeper expression going on there in which is okay so that's the tangible branding so then with your company and with the companies you work for you develop a brand which is in the imagination less tangible well what what starts to happen i think what's interesting is once we can hold those definitions there's a whole series of insights that arise from that where I tend to work with individual uh, or, or yeah, either individuals or businesses is 
the first thing I like to do with people is, is to get into building a brand and and we we look at their idea of who they think they are uh, either as an individual or as a business and explore that and then we create lots of pieces of branding so things in sensation that make that idea feel real that that turn t- take something out of the imagination and turn it into tangible things you can see and hold and more and more you know i want to be now moving on to the conscious branding bit which is not what that is that's just branding right what I've okay. just described there. that's okay. doing branding with people and i think it's really beneficial because it sets the ground for for where i want to then take them um the key kind of there's a few elements that so if you look at like brand in what you could say is that every piece of brand in has four main elements to it there's there's form some sort of form Mm -hmm. there's an expression of character or characteristics Mm -hmm. there's a story and then there's a cultural context so kind of like a bigger story that that sits within Mm -hmm. and where my kind of trip has taken me is to kind of get down to that and then to explore how everything is expressing character just everything, my, my, you know, the room, there it is, me, my voice, your voice, the, the, the tone of voice, the choice of language, um, the speed I'm speaking at, um, what I'm wearing, just, you know, the color of my skin, my haircut, mm-hmm. everything, everything is expressing character. And so we can start to see, you know, in that sort of world of commercial branding, we can start to see how everything can become a piece of branding you know initially we start by creating things but then very quickly it becomes clear well i can just buy things that express the character um and and so people buy things and stand near to them and mm-hmm. so you start to see that the way the idea develops in the mind is through association we you know i see richard but i start to associate you with the room i see behind you and I start to tell a story about where I think you live, for example. Mm. Um, that story starts to starts to form in my mind, and I start to create the brand of Richard. So one of the key then insights where we start moving into conscious branding, which is where it gets far more interesting, is that the insights that come from that is that we start to realize that there is no the brand. So in the commercial world, we talk about the brand of, I don't know, Tesco or Sainsbury's or Asda or, you know, whatever. And we've all got in mind that there, it, it's a the brand, the brand of. Mm-hmm. But when you start looking and you say that oh, a brand is an idea in the mind of the individual, you can start to see that there is no the brand. There's no one brand. However, pe- however many people watch this video, that's how many brands of barn there will be within the context of YouTube. Yes, okay. Um, so once we start realizing that there's no one brand, you, you then start looking at what's going on when we look at all the branding that all these companies are creating or that we as individuals are creating. It's like, what's, what's going on there? We're all individually trying to convince everyone that there is a, the brand, a, there's, there's, there's us. Uh, one of the places you see this is um, in social media all the time. 
So people start to create the image of who they are through being very selective about what they post. Sure. You know, they'll take yeah. 20 photos and choose the best one. They'll, and cameras now, it's all built into it, but you know, there's a skin filter and they all look a little mm -hmm. bit soft and mm -hmm. wonderful. You know, um, they start to tell a certain story. Their digital image becomes what they want the world to see. But of course, that isn't who they are. That's yeah. just the, the persona that's being put out. And so we can start to see that, that what we're doing in that, right in there, that's all branding at an individual level. And we're trying to tell a story about who we think we are and how we want to be perceived. So where does that transition to this concept of conscious branding? Yeah, well, the more the more conscious we become of what the words mean and of analyzing what we're all doing, whether individually or commercially, the more we, and the more truthful we can be with ourselves, the deeper a question we start to ask. It's like, well, if I'm not who I'm presenting myself as, if my idea is not the truth, so, for example, you know, I said everything expresses character. And what happens is it's not just one character. All these elements in, in my room, they're expressing lots of different characters. And when you bring or lots of different characteristics, and when you bring them together, what you're doing is creating the personality. Mm -hmm. So when we start to look through that, and you can see it in the language. So uh, characteristics contains the word character, contains the word actor personality from persona it means mask mm. we can start to see that our idea of who we think we are isn't who we think we are uh, well maybe it is who we think we are but it's not who we are okay. um we create our idea and it exists in the mind and then often we try and convince other people to share our idea share what's in our imagination um so in my trip what what I started doing with my own branding is try rather than trying to create a story that would convince other people to buy my graphic design service. Yeah, I started using the the um, the creative process to explore what on earth I was doing in the world. And when I first went self-employed, I was very much aware that every time I'd been employed as a graphic designer um either officially or, or you know commissioned in some way i was being asked to create this mask for someone yes and it was very clear to me often that i was lying um, right. uh, either i was embellishing the truth or i was being directly asked to lie it's like well we don't do that but convince people we do okay and often the darker whatever was being done was being done that the more impressive the image i had to create was you know the okay. bigger the budgets were being, so can, can you i don't want to obviously ask you to talk about your old corporate clients but can you give any example of how someone might use a brand in that environment to present an image that isn't really them um like i could think of it in politics quite easily yeah i mean politics is a very very easy area to see it mainly because all politicians are constantly lying <laughs> um caution <laughs> um 
no, no real news flash there. I mean, we saw it last summer brilliantly with um, Theresa May and Jeremy Corbyn both, you know, trying to, to, to get elected to be the Prime Minister of the UK. And um, Theresa May was, was a, she was a, a classic. I, I, I took a great deal of pleasure in watching the branding. So they had a tagline for the Conservative Party and it was delivered again and again and again. And you know, every paragraph, this kind of line was dropped in. And there was, a, there was an excellent piece in the newspaper where she was photographed in front of her big bus and it looked like she was surrounded by loads of people and she was meant to be addressing the north of the country according to the, the headline in the paper. Mm. And whilst this had been going on, there was someone else, you know, someone was wandering across this car park somewhere or the other, and they pulled their phone out and took a photo of it from a different angle. Yes, I think I recall this, yes. And, and it was just the people off the bus that had come with her, had huddled round, got in close, and they'd taken a photo. And it, it, that's a really good example of how, when you looked at the front of the newspaper, it was cropped in a certain way, and it told a certain story. Mm. That was part of the branding. And that supported her tagline. I forget what the tagline was exactly now. But um, change perspective, look from somewhere else, and it was a completely different scene. Um, and of course, now with the joys of social media, you know, the, the, the other photo was, was circulated across the country before the newspapers had even printed, yes. you know, the, the official photo of, of it. So, yeah, we see it all the time. Jeremy Corbyn was another classic. I mean, he, he, he was just delivered the tagline so many times it, it was kind of mad and he did it you know he, he did it so badly <laughs> um, that you know it was kind of comical and what you could kind of see with all of it was how the intentionality with it is to indoctrinate the audience it's like if mm. i say something enough times you'll believe it's true. The other place I see it, the commercial, the great commercial example is when you're walking around a supermarket. Next time you're in a supermarket, the tannoy will keep coming on and they'll say, you know, check out, people to check out, you know, like, like this, you know, yeah. um, get, get the stuff. And, and it's always ended with this little tagline. The taglines are always what give it away. Like, you know, every little helps. <laughs> and you just hear it again and again and again. There's, there's this repetition. It's like, if we say it enough times, you'll believe it's true. Okay, so I'm assuming that, that people pay a lot of money to research whether that works or not. And you, you know, so darkly is that, you know, the way if you want to convince the masses to buy your product or go and tick a box next to your name um, is repetition rather yeah. than integrity what works? Well, it, it, it would appear that way, like you say. I mean, all of, you know, the, the, the realms of marketing, that's what's going on. All that, you, you, you know, you, once, you, once you become aware of it now, you'll start noticing it everywhere. Um, yeah, that's, that's how you convince the message. That's how you... In, in politics, it's hard to know how effective it is because you've got really two parties, to two and a bit parties to choose from here, like... Um, and they both use repetitive marketing. So it's hard yeah. to know if one of them's like, okay, away with all that, we'll, we'll connect on a much more genuine level and message. I don't know, maybe they do well, right? Or 
maybe people don't devote enough mental energy to politics to take something like that in. They just want to hear hope and change. I don't, you know, I don't know. Yeah. But, well, what's your, what's your solution to what, what's, how do you see conscious branding and your work addressing that kind of repetitive? Yeah. So, I mean, where I went with my work is, is I got really stuck with it because I got to this point where I wanted to brand myself, my own business. It's like, how do I do that then? How do I, knowing all of this, how do I brand myself, my business, what I'm doing? Even if I just say, I'm Barnaby Adams, I'm a graphic designer. It's like, what does that mean? What, am I Barnaby Adams or is that just an, a, another label? So what I started playing with was using this creative process to, to kind of to be playful. And I developed my whole brand, the company's called Cuckoo. And I, I explored these themes of like trying to fit in and stand out, um, exploring like the need to get fed and com competition and growth. Right. I explored all of these things that I had to do as someone running a business. And I use the analogy of the cuckoo to explore it because up until that point, you know, I was pretty confident to say that every time I've been employed, I was just being asked to create an illusion for people. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I, I had all these little illustrations of, of uh, this, you know, a cuckoo egg in the nest and, and um, the little chick hatching right, and okay. shoving the other birds out the yeah. nest. And then it, it presenting itself as the adult birds wanted it to be seen, mm -hmm. you know, it's quite a big, I'm a big chick here. I'm doing well, feed me over the others. Um, and of it grown. And eventually you end up with this scene where I've got this little nest and this great big cuckoo um, and the pair of birds are sort of looking at it thinking, what's going on? And in my mind, what the image represented is the world we've created for ourselves, the, the, the commercial world. When you look at the huge corporations and what is really kind of going on in the world in terms of, of um, as consumers, we're just feeding and feeding and feeding and they're getting bigger and bigger and just, and, and just destroy anything like, in their path, really. Um, so, so the image kind of, for me, present, represented that. And then I, uh, my last kind of step where I, I kind of, in, in this part of it, is I look be beneath the nest. It's like, what's going on beneath the nest? And there are all the dead chicks and all the bird poo, you know, <laughs> and yeah. sort of poisoned landscape, you know, and, and, and um, fairly dark and dismal and like, oh dear. And this is, it kind of feels like this is where we've come to what is the future if we continue in an illusion yeah at that point i kind of got stuck it's just like oh i've entered some very dark place here and i don't know where to go now and at that point i really started exploring the who am i um question and i got into philosophers like um alan watts was was okay. a favorite and that led me in turn then on to Tim Freak, who, you know, I know obviously you've interviewed many times and we've, we've been on retreats together and all the rest yeah. of it. Yeah. So, yeah, I got into Tim's work and Tim, of course, was able to answer that question in a way that he takes you on a particular journey and invites you to step out of your idea of who you think you are. Um, or, or to use my language, to, to step out of the brand you imagine yourself to be. Right. Um, and 
of course, the experience I, I had on one of these retreats was, was just absolutely full-on different experience, which, which essentially, you know, it's an experience of oneness and love. That's, that's what, boom. Um, and it's quite funny. I was, I was the guy on the retreat that didn't get it at all. I was like, don't, don't get okay. it. Everybody else seemed to be having a good experience. I was just, uh. And, and, and then in the last couple of minutes, all the magic happened. And then everyone kind of rushed off to get trains and planes and stuff. And I was just left in this big retreat house, kind of just there like, whoa, <laughs> what, what on earth was that? So what I've been exploring since is, is to continue on that path and look and see what happens when we bring that experience and the love that arises in that experience, what happens when we bring that through into what we're doing in the world? So, know how I said that branding, all branding expresses character. Mm -hmm. One of the most important things to understand is that our actions, what we do is also our branding as individuals and again, commercially, what companies do is their branding and, and what we see in the commercial world often is that a lot of money is spent on PR which mm -hmm. before it was called public relations was called propaganda until that got a bad name and um, I forget where I was going with that <laughs> um, the, the yeah what, what happens when yeah, our act, so our actions are part of our branding because they inform right. the idea of who we think we are. And what PR does is when the actions are bad, when it's like, oh no, we don't want people to think that, the PR kicks in um, to try and divert attention and to try and tell a different story. And th this understanding that our actions are also our branding become, becomes hugely important because then it's like, okay, so once I know I'm connected to everything that is, I am everything that is, barn is a branded expression of something that is formless. Mm -hmm. Once you grasp that, and once you experience that visceral love in the body, how do you bring that into your actions, into what you do in the world? So what conscious branding then becomes about is how do we as individuals and also as individuals who run or employed by businesses, how do we bring love into the business world? I, I was rather fascinated to discover that the word commerce comes from the same root word as merciful. So if you go back, there was a time when you know, you would, I don't know, the Vikings or someone would roll up on the beach and just take what they wanted. And then you get trade and trade comes in. And it, it, by comparison, it's a very loving act, isn't it? It's like, sure. I'll give you some money or, or, you know, we'll give you some gold or some, something you want. And you give us what we want. And we'll leave you alive and we've given you something that, that, that's of value to you so that you can keep doing what you're doing and we'll roll back up next year and do the same again. So we all win. Hooray. Yes. So you see that, that this merciful commerce comes forward. And, and what I kind of see conscious branding in is, is like the next step to that. It's like, have you actively say, 
we're rolling out this sort of illusion because we want people to feed us and we're trying to do this in the world and all of that all the time once we get lost in that story it can get very dark and very kind of horrible things go on and there's a lot of destruction i mean environmentally you know the 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 Industrial Revolution didn't finish. We just moved the darkest parts of it to the other side of the planet. Mm. If you go to China, there are huge, you know, vast lakes that are poisoned and all that yeah, bit because yeah. they're producing plastic and stuff for us to use once and send to landfill. So what conscious branding in is, is kind of becoming conscious of who we really are and then bringing the love in through what we do. And so how I see the process is that you look at the business you look at everything it does, the whole, you know, from the beginning to the end of it, you look for where the love is missing and then you bring the love to that. And then those stories that come out of that, they become the stories through which you promote yourself in the world. They're, they're the stories you invite people to engage in. Okay. I think we need an um, example there. Well, uh, okay. So, so an well, my own story with the cuckoo is, yeah. is, is, is a great example. It's like, here's this guy taking a very dark journey and then he steps out of his brand for a moment and starts to tell a very different story. You know, the light shines in. Um, so, so when we look at the commercial world, there are, there are loads of people doing amazing things, new technologies, people. I mean, the plastics one is a big one at the moment. There are people saying, look, plastic, effectively, you're pouring oil all over landfill sites and putting it all in the water. I read a report the other day that said nine out of 10 bottled waters, this was in America, but nine out of 10 bottled water have bits of plastic, tiny bits, you know, floating around in the water. So we're consuming that. Um, we're effectively, I, I was in Glastonbury Abbey the other day and they've got these pieces of, um, in the museum, they've got these pieces of lead piping and this chap, I happened to be stood next to it and this bloke came up and said, oh, imagine if they knew what they were doing to themselves. Yeah. And it's like, well, we're doing that just now with plastic. We're doing it's exactly the same thing. We just only just becoming aware of it. So, you know, there are people developing new plastics out of things like vegetable matter. You know, just out of compost. It's amazing. And they're biodegradable. When the whales eat the plastic, they mm. just get a nutritious meal. You know? um, hooray. Um, and there's loads of this. Hempcrete is a really interesting one. You can make concrete out of a plant that is so amazing. It, it can turn radioactive soil into something that's not radioactive. Okay. I mean, like, yeah. I, I, let's accept that's amazing. It sounds amazing. Yeah. But... They're amazing. They're examples of amazing products, right? And yep. even if they were branded awfully, they'd be amazing products. So where does branding enter into that to tell the story? The product is part of the branding. Right. How could it not be? It's expressing character and it forms our idea of what something is. Uh, imagine the idea. You see, this is, it comes back to this understanding of what a brand is. Ferrari cars. What would the brand of Ferrari be if it didn't have the car, the product? The product is the brand. Yeah, be a picture. Or of certainly a yeah. piece of branding. Okay, so where does? I mean, what, how would this kind of concept of conscious branding help? Whether I mean, let, let's take Hempcrete as one. Maybe take Ferrari 
as long as I don't know. Um, where could they potentially go wrong then in their efforts to brand that you could address through the concept of conscious branding? Yeah. So again, this so this is 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 challenging stuff now because what I'm saying is that through telling the story by creating even just the product, you're beginning to tell a story. And what starts to happen is we're inviting people to buy into the story and believe the story as a certain truth. What I'm suggesting is that we all see that it's just a story and we step out of all the stories. We meet each other. We see what we're doing. And then we come back in and engage in it in a loving way. So here's a really good example. It's a great example. I saw a product the other day that is designed to remove damp from your house. If you've got mildew growing up the wall in the bathroom or whatever. And all it is, is bamboo that has been um, cooked and turned into charcoal. And it's a little, like it looks like a sort of a canvasy bag type of thing, full of these burnt tubes and you hang it up in the room and apparently if i believe the branding if i believe all the testimonials and all the stuff they put on their website it is a very effective product at solving that problem okay so that sounds amazing and it sounds even more amazing if you consider what the alternative options that generally don't work very well. I spraying chemicals all over the mildew and mm. breathing all that in. Sure. Um, you know, in the end it goes down the drain or whatever. Um, or, um, you, you know, you can get these expensive um, air circulating devices which burn yeah. loads of electricity and all the rest of it. So in theory, this is a great product. Now it remains a great product if we're growing the bamboo sustainably. But if we go out there and just start hacking down some oriental rainforest somewhere yes. in order to get at it and flog it, there's no love in that. So the challenge is how do you do it with love? When it then comes to the promotional, what we think of usually as branding, just, just that, you know, how do I promote it? So they were doing something that I consider to be really unconscious. I had this website that it, it came up and it had a great big timer and it said, we're selling these limited number available by now, 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 you know, it was kind of like this. And there's this great big counter. And I immediately start to feel stressed just looking at it. It's like, mm. Oh, well, I really like the product. I really want one. So now they're manipulating me. They're playing on all these kind of visceral reactions we have to being put under, being put under the pressure to buy. And so, I really didn't like it. And, and of course, I immediately kind of, it's like, oh, why did they do that to such a beautiful product? Why are you doing it? I'm not going to buy it. And so I sat and I watched and I waited the six hours or whatever for the counter to run out. And then immediately a pop-up comes up and it says, we've added another 10 minutes and you can save another $10. You know, it's kind of yes. like this. So, I mean, when I see stuff like that, I, um, I just, I feel it's very disingenuous and I feel I can yeah. spot these disingenuous. I'm saying everyone spots them, but I, I feel like, um, you know, when I used to work in the shoe shop many lifetimes ago and I, I you know, I, I know like, so for example, I like the cost of like expensive boots, right. Um, when we'd have a sale, we would say like 50% off. I knew that was like totally disingenuous was they were they didn't cost 90 pounds to start with. Okay. Yeah we put them at that price so we could then say 50% off when they were selling for their real price of 
45. We didn't expect to sell them at 90 pounds. We sell like two pairs. Um, so it's just a way of like making people feel that A, they're buying expensive boots and B, they're getting a really good discount. And it is kind of manipulative. And, and I go through life being wound up by these things. Like when, when someone releases a product and instantly you've got a 2000% discount, it's, well, don't be ridiculous. It only costs 10 pounds to start with. It's not a, yeah. whatever that would be thousand pound you know and i and again i guess i guess it, it works in some ways it does work but to and me that's it why just, they do it because it i think well, I'm why would i trust that your product worked now because you've just lied yes. to me about you know that's exactly it they're they're lying you know the, the the promotional branding is lying which means that are they then lying about the product are those testimonials real how can i believe anything you're saying when your sales tactic is is dark frankly um so yeah absolutely i mean uh, great examples of, of of the problem now from a business point of view as someone that runs a business i also understand there is a need to make sales you know, running a business is extremely difficult and if you don't see, you know you've chopped down and you burn all your bamboo and it's all in a little box or you know they've made the shoes they need to shift them before the fashion changes or, or yes I don't know, they're found out that it's all a crock. <laughs> They've got to shift units. So this is how we slip into this. And, and again, the invitation, I suppose, is that there are much better ways of, of doing it, just being honest. And it may well be, it may well be that that doesn't allow you to shift as many units. But what it does do is attract um a, a, like a like-minded audience to hmm. you um and therefore I, I suppose what you could see in that is that conscious brand is very much about a long-term game rather than a short term if the short term is just to clear the market stall get rid of it all and go home then you wouldn't you know trying to engage more consciously is unlikely to to give you the the, the most financially profitable result but if you're interested in the long-term game of developing actual relationship with clients, mm. then obviously not starting a relationship with a lie is probably a good idea. <laughs> yes. Um, it, it, you know, it, it amuses me when I get a phone call from uh, some, for example, uh, uh, an Indian or Sri Lankan call center, and I get, you know, some guy on the other end with, with a thick accent and he says my name's bob and it's yeah. like i really doubt that's true so you've just started the whole dialogue with a lie it's like yes yeah why would you do that i can cope with a foreign sounding name because i'm probably not going to use it in this conversation just so as a sidebar i always find it um funny when westerners take on in the spirituality scene take on indian names when they want to teach spirituality so, so we take on Indian names to gain credibility and they take on Western <laughs> names to gain credibility. A fine insight. So it true. And, and you can see it's Brandon, isn't it? Can you see yes, that? that? Totally. That, totally. That I mean, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure some Westerners take on Indian names for very heartfelt, genuine reasons. Mm. Okay. I'm, I'm also sure that not everyone um, I'm sure that not that, that some of them must be aware that there are commercial implications and potential benefits to doing so they can't be unaware of that that this will affect no. the number of no. customers they might have 
No. I mean, what, what you've just said, it does highlight such an important part there, though. It's like, if you're genuinely doing something really good in the world, when you create your branding and you put that out there, there needs to be an acceptance that you're still creating an illusion. And what I see is that people say, yeah, but people get quite upset about that with me. And they're, they're like, well, no, we're telling the truth. That's not, that's not a lie. And it, it's not that it's a malicious lie, but you are creating an illusion. The reason is that you're telling a story about a story. Hmm. So it's like you're actually doing something in the world that's happening. And when you write your promotional literature, for example, you're telling a story about it. When I read it, I'm now going to, in my mind, tell a story about your story, about what you're doing. And, and so you can start to see that it, anything we say, it, there's a great line that says, well, well, all words are lies, or all art is artifice. And, and it's absolutely true. And so, again, my invitation is, is, if you're doing something really great in the world, of course, you need to tell a story about that. And you should tell a story. Story is really, really important. It's really beneficial and it helps us direct where we're going. But don't get lost in the story. That's kind of the key, isn't it? Always know you're telling a story. One of the reasons my business is called Cuckoo is, you know, that's not a great way to sell graphic design. I've got to tell you, you know, saying all of this stuff to people, people don't want to hear it. But what, that name cuckoo does for me is it keeps me awake because I fall asleep all the time. You know, I, I, I get lost in the story all the time. And, and I know when I'm lost in the story because I start acting like a complete ass. What the word cuckoo does is it catches me and I go, oh, oh yeah, I just slipped in again. There it is. Um, so, so in my logo, it says cuckoo and under it, it says conscious creative. Well, that's a lie. It's like I'm conscious for the tiniest little percentage of the day (laughs) in reality. Um, But if you buy into that, if you believe it, it's like, well, I did have the word cuckoo above it just to warn you, you know, (laughs) believe nothing. And so I think what I'm saying is that we we can be playful with it. We have to tell a story, so be playful with the story and don't get lost in it. And I, I would suggest that we invite others to also see that it's just a story. And I, I, think, I think it feels like that's what the real mission here is for Conscious Branding, is can we wake each other up through what we're doing? Now, you know, I've taken it to an extreme where I start exploring identity with people and, and, you know, really going all the way. But we can also do that just through developing amazing products or services mm. that are heart-centered and that change the culture by offering something new. I mean, one of the movements that has really interested me has been um, the veganism thing that's, that's going on hugely. So if you watch... It's like, you know, the, the marketing departments of the commercial world have gone, oh, there's lots of vegans out there all demanding something. Let's write protein on the front of every box we, we sell, oh, you know, to, to try and get that part of the market. Um, oh, okay, okay. But how, wherever you stand on the arguments around, um, a, 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 around animal product, 
it's a fascinating it's a fascinating sort of exercise in branding so so uh, there's the one extreme of um you know i've met a lot of very angry vegans and, and maybe they're right in you know they're justified in that anger but what they do is just through their branding through shouting and banging and and blah, all of that calling for the death of humans you know ironically what that does is just turn people away all the goodness in their message um what i would consider conscious branding is the people that go okay i'm really good with food i understand flavor i get taste i understand textures i know how to do this i'm you know a chef a cook whatever how can i you know i i if i've got some issues around how we treat animals especially in the industrial level at which that's going on how could i convince people well use your creativity and produce some amazing food and put it in front of me and convince me that there's another way to live there's another way to feed yourself and if you do that well and with love i'm in i'm there you know come around my house and cook it again um that's conscious branding because it it's 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 completely heart-centered and there's no shouting and screaming there's just an offering of something different and it's that that changes culture um and it feels like this is our opportunity our opportunity is to to within our own within our work whatever it is that you do in the world your actions your branding to explore that find where the love is missing and offer something new and wonderful using your inherent creativity and and importantly being really courageous to do it um i think that's you know that, that's often the thing there's loads of people that are capable but they're too afraid to, to risk it okay I, i'd just like to pick up again on that theme of illusion Bon. i think it's mm -hmm. very interesting that you say you're you, you're creating illusion an illusion and you know you're creating an illusion and i think it's something that um i would struggle with i imagine there's other people that do because there's you know a great value placed on honesty right yeah. and but i know also in any effort to brand honesty is um not just undesirable but to a certain extent impossible right so when i would do some writing and I would like, I want to tell a story about something that happened to me maybe 10 years ago, um, some sort of conscious exploration or psychological, emotional healing. Okay. And so that's, that's the purpose of writing, like maybe a thousand, 1500 word article. Okay. Um, it's not a biography where people get to have a, an exact rec record of the details of my life in that period. So, I will notice that I will take a, a rather complex story about me and I'll reduce that slightly so it fits that. Because of actually, oh, hang on, there was this whole digression went on, which isn't, is it relevant? I don't think it's relevant. So I'll cut that bit out because it just, it's not really possible. Um, maybe had a little bit of relevance, but it's, it's not worth including for, so anyway, okay, I'm starting to just slightly change the details, right? And then I notice, I notice even coming down to an interpretation or to words, I can make myself look better or worse as I write this. I can make myself look more or less competent, more or less, uh, more or less guru-like even. You know, there's, there's all these choices in how I could present myself. And no one of them is really the honest choice, right? And that's something I struggle with. And um, 
when I when I would like advertise or just not even advertise, but write the description of the kind of work I do around transpersonal self-inquiry sessions. Well, even that term is a choice of a brand, right? It makes it sound a little bit more mainstream, transpersonal as opposed to spiritual self, you know? So there we go. I've just branded um, in a way that's sort of true, but excludes other options. Um, when I look at people doing this, I think what strikes me um, is that, that people, I, I can see where people are creating illusions, okay? Because of course, like if you go to anyone's testimonials page, they'll have their 12 greatest hits up of where, you know, the clients that regrew their limbs or something after two yeah. sessions, you know? Um, the, and, best, okay. the best of the bunch, yeah. The best of the bunch. And I'm aware that they're selectively editing. And also probably if I get feedback from a client, they're being a bit selectively editing too because they focus on the stuff that really helped them, you know? So they'll say, they'll write about how, you know, it really helped them reconcile their relationship with their mother. It doesn't, they, don't, they won't write, but I still think my father's a bit of a, a git, you know, <laughs> focus on what, what helped. Um, so I'm aware that there's illusions there too. And I, I, part of me thinks like, well, gee, if I created stronger illusions, maybe I would do well, but I also want to give people an accurate picture and say, well, look, this is what you might be in for. It's, you can't expect a miracle in, in a session, even though it sometimes does happen, you know? So, um, I think, I think even even if we look at it as a kind of spiritual process going through the ages, illusion has played a role in in awakening. Okay, so yeah. you meet a guru. Who do you believe that person to be? Right now, maybe they're not actually that different from you or anyone else. But to what role does your belief in Jesus or Buddha or Ramana Maharshi? affect or enable your ability to walk the path that you 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 believe in the brand but maybe the brand's not real so i think that's a question that i have struggled with and, and continue to struggle with what is the legitimate role of illusion in spirituality in branding presentation in life that's that's a question for me well i mean at its depths and i've got to be a bit careful i don't know how well i can articulate all of this really at its depth, we know this thing here, this character called Balm, we know that this is some energy buzzing about in a particular way, and you and I and most other people see this shape and form. But we know, we know that if you look closely with your, your microscope and zoom in and in and in, there's, there's nothing there. So, at the absolute depths, if we couldn't engage in the illusion, we couldn't have this experience. And, you know, from Tim's work, unconscious awareness becomes, you know, comes into form in order to have an experience and eventually in order to become conscious of itself. So it's through creating the illusion if we use that word, I, I use that word fairly cautiously, but through creating a particular reality, uh, an image, that there can be an experience and something can come from that experience. So what is it we want to bring into the world, I suppose, is the question. Mm. If we are shaping an illusion in order that we can put lots of numbers on a spreadsheet, in order that we can buy into lots of other illusions and buy a big house and tell the world how successful we are and all of that, of which there's nothing wrong with any of that. You want to do that. That's, that's kind of cool. But if that's the objective, 
you know, if the objective is to be happy, if we bought into the pursuit of happiness, the, the great American dream, then it, it feels like what you get is where we are. You get to a point where we've got lost kind of in consumerism and building grand temples that we all go to on a Sunday covered in these big logos and we 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 kind of you know we go shopping that's it <laughs> the whole trip 13.8 billion years so that I can should I buy this tile that tile <laughs> what does this one say about me versus this one it's like what is it we really want to bring in and and of course you know when we when we look at Tim's work. Well, what is it that all of this trip, this trip of life has been about? Well, it's bringing, you know, it's, it's, it's love, isn't it? The whole thing is a journey from unconscious nothingness to, to love. And I kind of feel that we're saying the same thing here, really. It's like, if I create, if I'm completely and utterly honest about every little detail, does that help you bring the love in? And if it doesn't allow you to sell what you do and do what you do in the world, and if what you're doing is really heart-centered, then it's not serving you or anyone else. If the illusion you're creating, yeah, you will be creating an illusion either way. So if you're doing that from, from a big-hearted place and you, you, you haven't got lost in it yourself, if other people will get lost in it, depends how conscious they are, so they're going to get lost in it. So providing the thing that you're then selling them and the process that allows you to do that is heart-centered, then I would suggest that's, that's making the trip possible. That's allowing you to do something good in the world and, and the love to come in. Um, you know, if, if I was completely honest... Five minutes before we started this call, I wouldn't have pushed that table over the massive, thumping, really ugly radiator that's against that wall. Yes, yes. But I know very well, because I've explored my screen, that if I push it back, I can hide that radiator and you wouldn't know it was there. It's <laughs> a very good example, better. yeah. Um, so, so it, you know, it, it's kind of like that. Now, is it hurting anyone to know or not that there's a big radiator in the room? It makes no difference whatsoever. So dress it. Make it lovely. Why not? That, that's cool. Um, is that authentic or inauthentic? Well, it isn't irrelevant, so I'm not worried about it. Mainly because what I'm trying to do is bring something beautiful into the world. And will there be dark edges to that? I'm sure. For sure. Bound okay. to be. Bound to be. Um, so how do we stay conscious? I'm, I'm aware that we're probably pushing at the time now, Bob, okay. but I just wonder how do we... Um, how do we stay conscious of that? Because I mean, I know this is something we discussed a little bit on over the email um, prior to this, this talk is the, the, the sense of what is good. Okay. So one person's image of someone that is doing good work in the world is another person's image of someone who's, um, who's acting against human interests. Okay. So for example, uh, we could say with global warming. Okay. Now, if you think global warming poses an existential threat to humanity and the wider world, then working and producing branding around getting children to think about polar bears 
um, is a noble act, okay? However, if you think global warming is all hyped up and some, um, you know, scam by the Rockefeller oil family and um, it's it's really threatening the lives of millions of people in deindustrialized countries if their industries are restricted, then that same use of imagery around polar bears becomes sinister, yeah. okay? You could say the same thing about socialism and capitalism. Whichever one of them you think would serve humanity better, well, then supporting that is good. Um, but your critics think you're bad for doing it. So yeah. Yeah. There's a, I, mean, I, don't, I don't think there's an easy answer to that. But there's, there's no, it, be... it's really not. I mean, what, what I've seen on my particular trip um, over the last few years, you know, when, when we first met, I remember a conversation we once had over lunch. I think it was the socialism and capitalism conversation. Oh, I saw the world in very black and white. And the more conscious I become of what I'm engaged with and, and of my own brand, of what I do, the more I see the ambiguity in everything. And I see how um, my black and white story that, that I was telling is nonsense, that, that, good and bad it's just not that simple um and and again i think this is where again tim's paralogical thinking is so important to see that you know whenever i'm banging on in a particular way i now know to look for the opposite and you know, i'll find that's also true and it's like oh and so we hit ambiguity hugely and and absolutely i don't think there's a clear either or answer to this because yeah. the opposites coexist um and yeah therefore do we justify what we do in the world with this sort of righteous you, you know but but i'm right ultimately or or do we again always look from a more conscious space with compassion and do the best we can do given the story we are ultimately telling um, okay. which ultimately we will slip into and get lost into again and again and again and again. So could you say then that there's a necessity to use illusion to bring yourself into the world, but also a necessity to be a little bit cynical of those illusions and a little bit maybe keeping them in check and not assuming that they are unambiguously good or that what you're intending is unambiguously good to have that, as you say, paralogical sense of what's the opposite of what I'm thinking now, what I'm bringing into the world now? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, all I can say is what's happened for me really, which is if I see, I experience the whole world now as brands and I, I see the whole landscape. I call it the brandscape. I just see everything I see is expressing character. And when I start, to see it like that, it reminds me that it's all one thing saying hello in a multitude of, of, of different ways. It's, it's a huge ex multivarious expression of, of character. And the moment I, I remember that, you know, I kind of see it through that lens, I find myself hugely compassionate 
and and kind of love field and i step out on the street it's amazing i haven't been punched yet because i kind of walk up there and i'm all smiley smiley and 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 you know, genuinely like wow look at look at this look at yeah. you <laughs> um and all, all i can kind of say really is is using that energy to do whatever it is we do in the world feels like it would move us forward i mean it's definitely moved me forward for yeah, sure so yeah. and i hope it, it it's it begins to move the people that i work with forward a bit as well and i just kind of feel that the more we can do that then let's see where that takes us but in yeah i completely take your point that that yeah how do you how do you make a judgment on on this and and i suppose it's it's to do with the outcome isn't it the you know is it creating more or less suffering yeah yeah i guess and, and holding that view that you know i'm putting all my energy into this but i could be wrong in in part or in you know at least in part you know that maybe the, the opposite opinion to me has you know some validity too okay and yeah and and of course, what's so wonderful about that? I mean, I remember our first conversation. You know, there, there's me, so lost in brand. It's like, no, nope. <laughs> and and then it's like, oh, now now I've got a, being challenged in that way is great, isn't it? It's like, oh, now I've got a now I've got to challenge my own story. Well, am I conscious enough to be able to do that? Mm. And and so it leads again, it leads to personal growth. And I think this, this is, again, one of the things that really interests me. It's like the whole commercial world is focused on financial growth and physical growth. Can we do everything bigger? You know, the, the fact that resources might be running out or whatever, you know, uh, can, you know, it's all got to be bigger and bigger and bigger. And I hear, I hear like coming out of the European Union, you know, the talk of the, the word sustainability is being used constantly. But it's like, well, do you even know what that means? How would you even begin? Take the plastics example. Like, well, in five years time, we'll try and have one aisle in the supermarket with no plastic. It's like, oh yeah, what, what will the shelves be coated in? Well, plastic. Yeah, so... Um, Yeah, I, I forget. I forget my point. Other, other than, <laughs> other than, um, yeah. <laughs> I think we're in a good place, but I, I think there's like yeah. so much food for thought there for me. It's really been like I, I came into this not knowing entirely what to expect or what conscious branding meant, and it's been really, um, yeah, it's, it's created a lot of, of things to contemplate in my mind. So perhaps we can. Uh, talk again sometime but maybe that's a good place to to cut for now yeah and, and i'd love to and I'm, I'm very conscious of myself that i'm really you know on the trip myself exploring this stuff so i i swing all over the place regularly <laughs> um so yeah it would be great to see where we are at some point down the road great thank you very much barney see you soon superb <laughs>